You staying home tonight? I hadn't planned on it, no. Plan on it. Minus five, four, three, two, one. Booster ignition and liftoff of Discovery. You're gonna die. I'm Raymond Arroyo. We'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we're recording live on Zoom. No, on Skype. And we're here with the Jamie Wheeler, not Mrs. Wheeler, right? Because that's a, that's a totally different person altogether, right? A totally different human being. Yes. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. So I first came I first came in contact with Mrs. Wheeler and then got more familiar with Jamie, who is a who's currently a full time um, graphic designer, right? Is that is that how you describe yourself, or do you have a more yeah. fancy like strategist, brand strategist, or like graphic oh, design strategist? Oh, I guess it depends on who I'm talking to. Uh, mm. But yeah, I own my own graphic design business. I am a graphic designer, yeah. and everything else that it entails. That sounds and good. And how long have you? Yeah, how long have you been doing uh, doing this full time? For oh, I think a, a year, a year exactly, maybe. So like, like yeah. on your on your own, because I think before you were full time uh, as a graphic designer. I'm sorry, but you weren't like you weren't on your own working for yourself. Correct. Yeah. So I've been designing for money for like ten years or more, but I've been doing that full time for myself for a year. Awesome. And um, one thing that I want to talk to you about because you seem to kind of have it all together. You've seen, you're very, you're very <laughs> professional, organized. At least you put that out on the internet, you know? Yeah. And, oh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. yeah, I wanted, I would, I really wanted to have you on, um, to talk a little bit about that. I mean, you know, COVID's going on. A lot of people are rethinking their careers or thinking of other ways that they can make money. And this is uh, a turning point for a lot of people. Um, you know, either jumping off or uh, trying to ramp up a freelance career. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about your experience over this past year, like especially as you were deciding to make the jump and that transition. I mean, the the first six to twelve months, I'm sure, were were challenging. Yeah. So I I actually left my full time job uh, June of 2019. And it just so happened that I had some like medical related surgeries that fell in line with that. So it kind of was like, I'm full time. Wait, just kidding. I have to recover. Oh, wait, I'm full time. So and then like the holidays happen and, you know, and so I felt like I was like, all right, 2020, I'm going to get like in a routine. I'm going to have like all these goals set. I was making charts and stuff. And then March happened and it was like, never mind. (laughs) Forget all that. But yeah. um, I think that I had that first like six months and I had been doing it part time for like a few years. So I had some basis ready to go. And honestly, because I was home and I already have like my home office, I just worked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I just was like, oh, I have the time to do all the things that I like my systems and some like projects that I just wouldn't have probably done if I was, I don't know, socializing 
per se. So I, so I've gotten a lot done and been really busy. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure that it's the same for other people, even though it's all sucks. (laughs) Yeah, no, it sucks for sure. Well, I mean, what is your advice normally? I know some people, there's like two, two, uh, two thought processes, like maybe just if I quit and just jump into it, then maybe that'll give me enough Mm, like motivation, kind of like burn the boats kind of thing. Like we're here, there's no turning back. We, you know, either sink or swim kind of thing. Or maybe just starting to do freelancing on the side. Um, What's your advice to people that say, okay, I want to start doing design or freelance work in some capacity. And I'm thinking like videographers, graphic designers, these types of social Mm -hmm. media managers, people that are trying to work remote now from home and maybe um, pay the bills. Yeah, that's a good question. I think my advice would be definitely if I'm assuming the person has some sort of full-time job or like other income. So I would say like get start if you're at ground zero, at least start somewhere because if you're just like I think I could do this and then you jump ship, that could be really messy. So I would say like definitely start promoting yourself. Like I hey, I do these things. I'm a videographer, like I'm a calligrapher, whatever. Um, and like let people know and start getting some money. And then for me, I got to the point where I was working full time. You good? Yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The mixers below me. I just realized. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. I was looking down at the mixer and moving the levels with my feet and Jamie could see me looking <laughs> under my table as if there's someone under my table. Well, I thought, <laughs> oh gosh, maybe he can't hear me and I'm just going to yap away. No, 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 no. Everything's great. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I figured that like you're talking, yes. so you're like, you can't see me or something. And you're just like, yeah, I don't know. I just was like, oh, you're on camera. I'm behind the scenes right now. Cause she's talking. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. I, I'm glad that everything's okay. <laughs> everything's good. Um, let's see. Where was I? <laughs> um, uh, a full-time. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah you people should, like, definitely have. Uh, 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 what were you saying? <laughs> no, you go. Um, I think I was just going to say that. Um, like you should definitely have some sort of basis to start off of before you go. Oh, I was saying for me, I got to the point where I was getting so much freelance work that I would come home from my job and then spend all the evenings working. And it wasn't until my husband was like, I like to spend time with you. Remember when we did that? And I was like, Oh, okay. So that means I have enough to fill a full-time job. So yeah, that's what I kind of, and then I was also pretty unhappy in my other job, which just like, I think it was, just a sign, if you will, that it was time to move on. Yeah. And I was getting all these clients. So, but then a lot changes because you kind of, when you're freelance, you're like, yeah, I'll take that job. Yeah, I'll take that. And then you go full time and you're like, now I can take that, but it's going to cost like triple because now it's my yeah. only income. So there's yeah. a lot to think about when you go from one to the other. And how, how did you handle that in the first, let's say like the first like four months or, or did you give, how much time did you give to your boss, like your employer, like two, two weeks or? 
Um, so I worked at a school, so I think schools work a little differently because they okay. do like yeah. contracts in like February for the following school year. So I kind of like I think deep down I knew that I was I wanted to leave, but no matter if you like your job or you don't, like it's so hard to do that, like have that conversation. So yeah. I kind of was like, I want to come back part time because I was teaching and I was doing PR and design. So I was like, mm -hmm. I'll come back, but I won't teach. Yeah. And then I was like, I'll come back, but I won't do social media. And then it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm just like dragging them along. Like I yeah. don't want to come back and that's okay. So yeah. I, I told them in like February and then I didn't leave till like June. So it was, it was a long time. Yeah. Um, so, so but you, it was but you had enough time to pl you had enough time to plan up that kind of the yes. overlap, and that's what I'm interested in hearing about too. Is like how do you plan that first kind of the two weeks, the last paycheck into the first month, mm -hmm. the second month? I mean, leading up to that, are you just trying to land as many gigs as possible just to make sure, or, or like what was that transition like? Um, I think for me, I was like I need some like mental break. So I knew that, okay, I'm I'm willing to not take on a full load for the first month or two. Um, and that and I was able to do that, like we saved and you know, financially we just made it work. So I know not everyone's able to do that. So I would say if at least give yourself maybe a cushion, like, you know, just stop buying coffee for two months and just save that money for like, okay, I might not get a ton of clients right out the gate, but, and there's also so much work to do that you can do while you're still at your full-time job, like setting up your branding and your website and, you know, your, all your systems, because there's so much that goes into that, that I'm still learning even a year in and you don't get paid for that stuff. No, I mean, yeah. you, you include it when you charge a fee to people, like you're including all these services and technologies that you have that's why you can charge more but um it's definitely those are things that you could be doing while you're getting paid at your other job yeah um, I, I, I know we're know. both a huge fan of chris doe in the future and mm -hmm. in his kind of core strategy or there's there's um there's kind of like this exercise you do in one of his programs where you have three kind of major areas of your business there's revenue marketing and efficiency and right now we're talking about like efficiency, all the systems right. and processes that, you know, it doesn't bring in more money, but it helps you operate more efficiently so you can make more money later. Right. How, um, if you had to, if you had to give like a percentage or something like in that first, the, the month leading up to you going full time and then the month, you, the first month of full time, what was, in, what was most important? Maybe of those three, how would you rank those? Like revenue, marketing, and efficiency. It sounds like efficiency is kind of like the last couple weeks leading out of your job. And the, and maybe. Yeah, you know, I don't think, I think marketing was what I was doing like the year. Because with Instagram, like I was just kind of riding the wave of like, oh, this is like a thing people are doing and using. And I just transitioned very slowly to from my per, a personal account to a like strictly business account. Yeah. So I feel like marketing, I kind of had like people knew what I was up to. I have my business name. I'm out there. I don't think that um, I realized until like a few months in the operational side and how much of a rabbit hole it is and how yeah. much it really does affect things. Because 
I wasn't doing the, when you're part-time, you just kind of do it half, is it half meal? What's the word? Piecemeal? Half ass. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Yeah. Yes. Well, now I know we can say that. Yeah. Let's say it a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wasn't until I was like trying to be more professional, you know, like fake it till you make it that I was like, oh, I actually need these things or that these things exist. Like I don't have to make a PDF, uh, invoice every single time. There's like websites that do that for me. So it was just kind of like, what, what do you use? I use FreshBooks. That was a huge game changer. I went years just speaking freelance and, and doing little stuff like that. Uh, and I would just like go into Microsoft Word and type right. up, you know, with my big A pans, just kind of like, just on the computer. Numbers. Yeah, numbers, PDF. And um, that was a big, I mean, even doing that was a big step. When I first started, it was just like an email that's like, I don't know, pay what you can, you know, and then it right. turns into like sending a PDF. And then um, for me, it was FreshBooks you know, this kind of way to keep track of invoices, what hasn't been paid, what has been paid. And that was another layer where early on, I probably wouldn't have needed that. I wouldn't have known I needed right. that, but I do wish I would have forced myself to use it once or twice just to force myself to understand that whole process and, and how effective that can be. What, what resource was it for you or what, what were some of the tools if you want to get nerdy? Yeah. So I, Dubsado and Asana are like my go-to cannot live without um, pieces. So Dubsado is kind of like FreshBooks, but I think it does a little bit more uh, stuff. It does invoicing, but it also does um, like the client portal. Uh, yeah. So you've seen it from the client portal side. So it, um, yeah. so yeah, you, the clients get a portal and they can see, so like looks very professional. I don't have to like, you know, my biggest thing was I do not want to go through 50 emails per client and then things get lost and you forget stuff. So having Dubsado was great for the like, con you can do contracts through it, all of that stuff. And then Asana is what I use for project management. So I know you, you use Asana yeah. also, yeah. but um, w once I started using that for my clients, that was a game changer because everything's in one place. And especially with the creative job, you're getting feedback and I didn't want to have to go through tons and tons of emails. And when I was freelancing, I would let clients text me, they could email me, they could call me. So I would sit down to do changes and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I swear they told me something on the phone, but I forget. And then I'd miss something in a text. And so it was just mm. a mess. And so now I'm, it's like in my contract, like we have to use Asana because it just makes it so much easier on both ends. Um, and it makes it faster because then you're not forgetting stuff and having to go back and forth 10 times. You can then yeah, go that's back. really important. It's really important, especially when you're kind of like making that transition. Because I think, like you said, in my experience, when you're doing it in your spare time, you're just you're just excited to get clients coming in. Right. And it's like <laughs> yeah. fun. It's such a hobby. So you're willing to go out of your way like, yeah, sure. Text me like, do, you know, because you don't maybe you don't have the volume. And um, you, that is a very good point. Like like identifying one clear communication channel and like, this is where everything goes. Um, mm -hmm. that type of stuff. Do you use like Google drives at all? I can't remember. Do um, you... I use Dropbox for my files. Um, and I mean, I'll use Google like for document type stuff, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Dropbox has been awesome because yeah. um, it's synced up to my find my folder, my finder on my Mac. So I yeah. can like very easily, whenever it changes in there, it changes for the client and also good for like collaborative stuff. Cause then the file, you just have one file instead of wait, what version did you have? What version? Yeah. Did you have? Yeah. So yeah, that's you, been, that's been helpful. Also, what was, does your husband work as well? No, he lives under a bridge in a box. We see each other once a week <laughs> so that he can shower and then. That's great. I give him, I give him bologna sandwiches and. and hey, then, men can, yeah. men can be stay at home moms too. It's 2020. Like I, I'm not, I'm not going to judge. You know? <laughs> yes, he does work. Um, was there like, what do you mean? Does he work? I guess. I just wanted to get to know him. You know, I feel like we've been talking so much about you. I feel like we should talk about him. <laughs> Forget me. No, you seem so um, self-centered. Yeah, he, I don't know. Let's talk about him. <laughs> no, well, I, I guess was, you so, probably were asking, does he like, his, you know, two sets of finances. Incomes. Yeah. The incomes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I am fortunate enough that I'm on his insurance. So that's a huge player. I have a lot of designer friends that I talk to that they are the breadwinner in their yeah. household. And so the pressure is definitely on them a lot more. And that comes up a lot when we're like asking each other, what should I charge for this? And they'll be like, I'm worried about like making rent this month. And, you know, then we can say, well, then you, you have to like up your prices because that's part of your business now. If yeah. you can't afford rent, then, you know, that's like a corporation or company when you're paying them for something, that money goes into all their expenses. And so I think getting a grip on that and like allowing myself to be like, okay, I'm increasing my prices because these are how things have changed. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, that's just like, you kind of have to do that or else, you know, if you give out low prices and you're full time, then you're never going to scale up. Yeah. Do you, this is also, I mean, we're getting really super nerdy into the weeds, but, um, I made a shift where recently I started charging or, or I started paying myself as a con as a subcontractor and then allowing my business to take a profit margin. So it's like, okay. what, what, it, what does the business need to pay me to work on this project? But then also mm -hmm. the, the studio is just how I was calling it, but it's like your business needs to grow. And I, and I took some of that, I think from Christo, it might've been from another podcast where he was saying, if you're just making enough to pay all, all your bills and just a little bit extra, that just a little bit extra, if you're fortunate enough to have it, it kind of like disappears into like maybe your savings or, but right. then, but then what are you using to grow your business? You know, what are you right. using to, to pay for fresh books or to pay for social media or to, to, to hire someone else on? And that was a huge shift for me too, where I started when I was, you know, cause I, I do it all in Google drive spreadsheets where I'll start pricing out the project. Mm. And so I'll just think of myself as a subcontractor and then what, what does my business make? And you know, sometimes you fluctuate that up and down. Sure. Um, but that's been huge too, because then to see that the business is making money that's growing and what can we do? We could upgrade, you know, we could upgrade some equipment. We could do these things because the bit, the business is growing. And then Danielle is not like, well, what the heck? All that money that was for your paycheck went to this camera. It's like, well, no, right. like, I paid myself a fair wage compare, you know, comparable to what everyone else on the project got paid. But then the studio got a percentage, you know? 
Totally. And I think that because you have an, a physical space and because you work with more people, that probably affects you differently than like for me, I, I definitely am not as good at that. <laughs> like I like, give does myself. Your, does, your, does your husband get upset? Like if you use like your, like how do you expense out if it's for, you know, so Mrs. I'll just Wheeler. keep track of, I just keep track of everything in Dubsado. So like I can look gotcha. and see, and it, you can put in, how did you pay for it? But if it's just, uh, like, it's just the two of us. So like, yeah, I want to get the points on my credit card. <laughs> so I, <laughs> yeah. so like, I, he doesn't care if I use our credit card, but then I, I like basically send myself a paycheck once a, at the end of the month. Um, and that goes, although I forgot for a while, I was like, wow, I have so much money in my business bank account. But my husband didn't, that didn't say anything. So I'm like, we're about to get into a lot of money that we technically had, but didn't actually. <laughs> it gets so. so weird. That's the other thing is like for people that are thinking about really making that jump, or maybe they've been doing a little bit of client services, like it gets so weird. It gets so strange having to explain to your spouse, okay, look, that money is there. It's supposed to go here. We're going to pay this person that, but then there's, you know, it just gets so confusing. Oh, for sure. And also like in terms of their, your spouse is now your coworker because I'm working at home and I have no like coworkers. So when I need to vent or when I need to ask questions or when I just need to like talk to a wall, guess who, <laughs> guess who it's going to be, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, what was, what was the biggest, if you could go back and make that transition again, mm. what, what was, what was one thing that you wish you would have done differently that would have had the biggest impact on, on that transition? Um, for I think it would definitely be my workflow. So I took a few courses, um, when I was full-time with my job, but there's one course in particular that I recently took and it was all about like from the second someone gets to your website until you send final files, what does that look like? So what automated emails are they getting? When should you talk to them on the phone? How should your proposals look? Like what what extra things can you do to really set yourself like at a higher scale? And it took me, it wasn't until I took that course that I could like see it all in like a checklist. Like, okay, these are the things I have to do. Cause it would be like, oh, a new client came in. Oh crap, I need to email them back. Oh, I forgot. They probably are, are mad that it took me so long. So they're not gonna hire me. And so it just was like this constant hamster wheel every time someone yeah. in, had an inquiry. So I feel like if I had prepped all that from the start before I went full time, I feel like I could have and had these systems set up and like just spent time getting clients and working on client work versus what I've been doing, which is spending, I mean, doing client work, but also spending a lot of time, like just tweaking and figuring out all of these systems that I didn't even know, again, I didn't know about it until it was happening. And I also yeah. didn't know that there were resources out there where I was like, oh, I can automate things. Oh, I, yeah. I should be growing an email list. How do I do that? Yeah. That's really important. Oh, okay, cool. I wish I would have done that like a year ago, but yeah. you know, we're all, we can't figure it out, figure it out all at once. So yeah. And, um, well, what was the course? I'm interested in what the course was that, that really made that big of an impact on you. 
Yeah, it's called The Breakthrough Designer by um, One Six Creative. She, okay. her name's Gigi, the designer, um, and she just like put it all in a, in such a way that I was like, okay, I can do this. And I yeah. didn't like, I did it throughout the course, like at the end of each yeah. thing, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to now take the time that I would never normally take for myself to redesign my proposals or, you know, and she also gave a lot. So she like gave us her template proposals. So it was like, okay, cool. Like. I can just snag this and it's such less of a headache. So the breakthrough That's the designer. best and then just tweak it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I listen to a lot of uh, Sean West. Are you familiar with Sean West? This is another great resource for people that are just starting out. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty if I saw it, but I, the name doesn't ring a bell. Um, and he just kind of in his podcast and a lot of things just really harps on if you find yourself, if you catch yourself doing it more than once, like if you catch yourself doing it the second time, like create uh. a process for it. And that really stuck with me. Some of the, um, just get super nerdy. Cause I, I've, I've been excited. I, you need to come to the studio in person. Cause I think we'd have a fantastic time. 2021. And so, and so we're already uh, matching. Did you notice? That, I know. No, I said, I said, uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, we're both wearing like kind of similar clothes here. <laughs> We're already um, in uniform. <laughs> yeah, we're in the millennial uniform, the millennial creative uniform. We both have skinny jeans on and brown boots. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a tattoo somewhere on our body, but not obvious. Just like, <laughs> hey, if we go on a third date, you might find it. You know, like that kind of like, like, hey, you know, you might find it. <laughs> so. It's so accurate. Oh. <laughs> um. So <laughs> that's a bit I need to write down. Um. What was I talking about? I don't know, but I'm thirsty and I got a drink that I've never had before. But I- okay, so this segment of this show is called. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> yes, Topo Chico. Do you I have a bottle I opener? I have to get it if I'm going to be on the show, but I've never drink. I've never had it before. Okay, th- we're going to clip this out. This is Jamie tries Topo Chico for the first time. I wish I had a Topo Chico. All I have is this whiskey I'm drinking out of this coffee mug. Oh, I thought you were drinking coffee, but that's cool. I'm drinking coffee. What did I say? Um, will I embarrass myself? Can I twist this off? No. It's a pop. There's a pop-off. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, no, no. You can't twist it off because it's a pop-off. Oh, is it ice cold? I should have done that by the mic. The Yeah. How cold, how cold, wait, 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 don't do it yet. How cold is it? How cold is it? Um, it was in my refrigerator for maybe 45 minutes. So it kind of feels like like if you're in an air-conditioned building, like you just walk in, and then you feel like the backside of your thigh. Like that I, cold? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I followed you on that one, but I'm going to just say yes. <laughs> okay, so, um, man, I wish I had a Topo Chico. The thing with Topo Chico is you're supposed to drink it very cold, and the first time you try it, I think you just drink as much as you can. <laughs> Because you won't be able to get very far because it's strong. It's a strong drink. It's, yeah. I don't know if I know what I got myself into. Let's do it. All right, Jamie. I have to chug it to start. Well, just just get a healthy. Don't just do. Here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to just get a little kind of baby, you know, just a little, you know, you want, you want to really open the palate. You want to get it all just 
flood your cranium with it. Okay. Just to let the magical spirits out of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I see I see so, that it says ingredients magical spirits. Yeah, here. do you see the little icon above the Topachico? It's oh, a yeah, woman. That's, that's it's a cool. woman. It's a woman where you could see any tattoo on her body. She's got a little scantily clothed. Oh yeah, there. she has no shirt on. So, well, she has a little, you know, a little mm-hmm. towel thing. It's kind of open strap. It's a what strapless. What you promoting here, Edmund? <laughs> okay, so it's from Monterey, which apparently in Monterey, Mexico, um, there was some stream that was thought to have medicinal powers. Oh. So because this this is this comes out uh, sparkling out of the ground, it comes out of the ground bubbly like that. What? And that's why they thought you, it would. It, how are you not sponsored by them yet? And that's why they, that's why they thought it was it, it provided medicinal powers. We all know now that you drink LaCroix, you're not you're no better than anyone. You're and in fact you're worse than people. So like sparkling water doesn't it doesn't actually have any health benefits, but yeah, isn't that crazy? It comes right out of the ground bubbling. Well, should I drink it or is it is it gonna go flat? Okay, you should no, that's the other thing about Tobachigo. You can set it on the counter for like three or four days. It is not flat. You open up a Coca-Cola, within like four hours, it's flat. Oh, or a LaCroix. You got 30 seconds to drink that yeah. bad boy. Oh, yeah. You got 30 <laughs> seconds to just choke back those chemical flavors. <laughs> can I, okay, go, can I drink it, it now? I feel let's like the anticipation so high. While you're doing it, I'm going to praise the Lord. Oh, praise him, Jesus. That wasn't that <laughs> much. Yeah. You like it? It tickled all the way down. And just kind of up into the nose, just kind of cleanses. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Okay. Okay, now here's the thing. Here's the combo. Hot coffee, ice cold Topo Chico. Like, to, like together no, or together? Yeah, so, so you do a little bit of – now, I have done a little bit of Topo Chico, like room temperature Topo Chico in a coffee. That is very interesting. Like a nitro – yeah, or like if you did like a cold brew, um, we make cold brew at our house, and and you have to add a little extra water to it. So we make the cold brew and then add a little extra water, and sometimes a little Topo Chico is fun. But if you do hot coffee with the with the cold Topo Chico, you get the coffee flavor. Then the Topo Chico kind of makes you burp it all up, if you will, right? It makes you just kind of, it just kind of brings, it just brings back the coffee up into the top half of your face, which normally the coffee does not enjoy as much. And so, so you it sends just, the coffee directly into your brain. That's it. That's exactly it. Wow. Which is what we all want, essentially. Like just get um, it there as fast as possible. Yeah. Yep. So what, uh, uh, if you had to give it, let's say, my tongue uh, you know, is still tickly. It's a lot. It's a lot. When it's cold, the colder, the better. Okay, so one out of ten. So one being uh, bleach, ten being um, – I can't even say what that – what would a ten be? It has to be unachievable. The Lord himself's blood or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I like – Oh, unicorn blood. Okay, yeah, from Harry Potter. So unicorn blood that grants you immortality or one, which is like bleach uh, with like unknown bodily fluids in it. Um, I would say, so that's like one to 10. 
in other words. <laughs> Just so I know what kind of answer I'm giving. I would say I would give it like a an 8.75. Wow, you heard it here first. Jamie thinks Tobachiko is pretty close to unicorn blood. <laughs> That's how much she loves it. My only my only setback is that I I can't I can't tell how I feel about the bubbles yet because it is the most intense bubbles I've experienced. So it is definitely of any of the bubbly water you're going to find on the market. This is the hardest. This is the hardest hitting. They pump. It's like the champagne of water. I'm not having like I still track my hours just so I know how much time I'm spending on something. But now, like if it's under, it's not a huge deal. If it's a little bit over, it's not a huge deal. Like you I can gauge what it should be and it totally balances it out. And then the other thing that I'll do is try and give tiered pricing. So like um, here, like here's the most expensive package, middle, bottom. And like nine times out of 10, they usually pick the middle because they can see that value tier. Um, But I also think what I've been learning more recently is like talking to people before you just like respond to an email with an invoice because so for design specifically, let's say someone wants a branding, they give me their budget. Um, and it's like, it's okay to ask for a budget and people will tell you like, oh, I don't really have any clue. And it's like, okay, well then that's what what it is. But, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, but you get on the phone with them and then you, you start talking and you're asking questions and you find out not only do they need branding, they actually do really need a new website. And they're huge on social media. So they're going to need social media graphics. So, and, oh, they also have like a, like sister company that's coming down the line. So now you've, you would have billed them or invoiced or quoted them for like, oh, a little branding project. But now you've talked to them and you can say, here's all the things that you, I think you're going to need that I can provide. And now you've given them this massive proposal that now you're the one-stop shop and you've got this huge client and that otherwise if you had just responded to an email you would have you could have missed all of that so i think that like talking to people giving them options um and just like constantly educating people on things you know like this is why or this is why this costs this or this is why this process is this way or this is why i can't do this so yeah, um, ask, asking really good questions, asking really good mm-hmm. business-minded questions, um, I've found have been really, really helpful in those conversations because a lot of times they're not thinking that. They're just thinking, I need a promo video. You know, right. someone gave me your, someone gave me your name. Like, let's do a promo video. Then you start asking some of these other questions. You know, how much time do you want to spend on this video? Do you just want to, like, slam this out in a day? do you want to sit down with me and and us really talk about strategy? Like what's the goal of the video? What are we trying to achieve? And um, there's been times too in certain situations where I've said, where I've kind of just said out loud, are you looking to spend, you know, if you tell me a budget, I can tell you how much work I can do for that. So if you tell me you have $500 to make a, to make a YouTube video, I'll tell you like, Hey, we're going to do that in half a day. Like I can give you half a day and just slam it out. But if, but if you want to spend, and there's been times too where um, people have said a budget, hey, I've, I want to spend 20 grand on a promo video. And that tells me that that's outside of my skill set at like currently. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not skilled enough to, I know my budget range and what now, granted, like if someone just wants to pay me 
$20,000 for a two minute video. I mean, sure they could give it to me, but I know my skill range. If someone's looking for that type of budget right now, I'm going to have to recommend you to someone else. that's going to be able to do that way better. They're going to like, you're looking for something that has to be way higher quality and, and way better than what I can currently do. And I think clients really respect that. Then you start becoming, you becoming more of like a partner and a business coach in that, in that, in that moment than just like, okay, yeah, just pay me whatever you think and I'm going to go do it. And then I come back and hope you love the idea. Yeah. And that also brings up a good point of like, when you're pricing something, what is the exposure and what is the like usage of that piece? So if Coca-Cola comes to me and says they want social media graphics, that price is going to look crazy higher than if a nonprofit in Baltimore tells, asks me for like a flyer. So it's like, and I think that there's this misconception that like your services need to cost the same, like it's a cookie cutter. And that's not the case. Like I just priced out something today and that's for like a, during a time when I'm super busy in the next coming weeks. So I could have said no, but I was like, well, I'll just charge it a little higher so that if it's, um, if they say yes, then it's a little more worth my time. And so I'm able to do that because I'm working for myself, but also like I need to look out for myself and be able to do those things. And the people that invest more respect you more. Yeah. So having those like lower paying clients they're the ones that just give me so many revisions and ask so many questions. And then I end up spending triple the amount of time because I'm like, you know, babysitting them versus somebody that's like, I trust you as a designer. I understand the branding importance and like, I'm going to let you do your thing and, and I'm going to pay you more money. Like, yeah, who doesn't doesn't want that scenario? (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, yeah, man, that's such a good point. So I, I want to pivot a little bit to, I want to talk about Mrs. Wheeler, if we could talk about her a little bit. Do you so want to talk about her or do you want to talk to her? I'm not sure how I'm prepared to talk to her. I don't know that, I don't know that I would know what to. Should she, should she be insulted or? Well, I just don't know that I'm, I'm just ready for it. I'm not okay. sure I'm. Uh, I want to talk about, I'll tell her to come in if you want her to, but I'm not going to push it. Okay. I'll make the call. So maybe, maybe that's how we'll end. That's how we'll end the podcast. Okay. So let me just tell her real quick. I'll just tell her real quick. He said, we're going to wait till the end to do it. Okay. She said, that's fine. All right, cool. Uh, what was the, what was the influence behind starting that? Because honestly, that was one of the biggest things that drew me to your whole brand. And I don't know if this is part of your niche and it was that thought out, or if it was like, I'm just going to try this and see where it goes. But there are not many, for those of you who are just listening, I mean, they're not, and don't know, there are not many uh, full-time freelance graphic designers who have like, have created a separate persona who does, you know, this like fun teaching. I mean, how would you describe Mrs. Wheeler to someone? Um, like, I guess the simplest way, she's a quirky graphic design educator. That's kind of like my clip. But, um, 
Yeah. So I like growing up, I always wanted to be a teacher and I would like force my cousins to play school with me and like, I would yell at them and draw on the chalkboard. Um, but I also did theater from elementary school through college. So, um, but then I loved graphic design. So those are kind of like <laughs> things that built me and I got my degree in design, never thought I would teach, but then I realized that private schools, you don't need a teaching degree. And so they were like, so I taught high school graphic design for five years and that's the job that I left to go full time. And I definitely missed it. And I definitely like, I had all this, like these lesson plans and these things that I just like missed doing. And I also just had this idea of seeing so many people, designers on Instagram that just kind of act the same way. It's like, you have to have this like kind of like that professionalism, but it just kind of all started feeling stale because it was like the, hey, just wanted to hop in here real quick and tell you about my project. And then I was like, yeah, nobody's that's, having that's fun. A pa- yeah, 100%. Like, well, like every, you know, all all of the graphic, this is one of the, <laughs> the traps. <laughs> this is one of the traps you can fall into when you start making this transition is you're trying to look for people who you think are successful. And so mm. you're looking for like what you think must be, a, but you have no clue what their revenue, what their profit margins are, what their expenses. 100%. Yes. But yeah. you start seeing people that seem to you like they're farther ahead. And it's like every third post is a really well-designed quote post. You know, the second post is like a me at my desk and it's fancy. And that a hundred percent, you totally, you know, described what I loved about it, which was we're breaking outside of a mold. This is something different and it draws attention. Yeah. So I had the, I don't know how the, I think the idea of the character just kind of like popped in my head and I kind of like, I didn't tell anybody, like I didn't tell my husband, I didn't tell anybody. Cause I was like, I really want to think about this. Like it was like the first time I had like a light bulb moment where I was like, this might actually be, cause I'm very much, I get an idea. I like want to do it right away. So yeah. I sat on it for a while and I would like lay in bed at night and be like, what would Mrs. Wheeler do? And be like, so she started evolving in my head. And then I was like, I think that might be onto something, but like, I don't know. So I eventually like told like three people. I like, I even told some of my friends, Hey, you're going to want to see like this video I'm posting. I didn't even tell them like what it was. Cause I wanted that like surprise factor. And so I think it was, November of last year was the first video and um I also love graphic design history and there's that's like not really yeah there's not a lot of that at all um you don't really see anything honestly and so I felt like so now there's this there's not really people doing a character and there's not there's a need for graphic design education because so many designers are self-taught so many designers just ignore the history and that's not good in any medium. So um, I was like, this could be an outlet that people might actually listen. And I just like, like retro type stuff. And so I was like, I can really lean into that. And so she's this like seventies inspired, like mom type character. She's just like corny and uh, goofy and, and yeah. And so I've, she's evolved in the past, you know, year, but, um, do you feel like, do you feel like when you started that, 
in November that 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 there was a shift at all? Like, did you immediately um, experience a boom in client sales, or or do you did you feel yeah, like what was that experience, right? Because it would be so tempting to get three videos in and go, all right, what am I doing here? Like, why would I do yeah. this? And um, oftentimes a play like this is much is a much longer term play or maybe medium term. Yeah. And I think most people that try something as risk, not risky, but just daring, you know, very mm-hmm. like it's a bold, it's a bold choice, right? It's a, make bold choices. And um, most people might get a couple weeks in and go, all right, maybe I need to just, you know, maybe stop. But what what was your experience of like discerning whether or not it was helpful? Um. So yeah, the first one I um, was like, I mean, I didn't go viral by any means. Of course, there's that little voice in my head that's like, maybe this is where you make your big break. Like, yeah. am I gonna be on Ellen or what? <laughs> <laughs> um. But you know, I that was who doesn't think that like yeah. in some point in their life like is this my moment so yeah. um so yeah i got really good feedback from the first video and i decided to do this is we i actually um my friend frankie from storia studios she was one of the first people i told and she's really good with social media and video so she helped me out a lot and she was the one that said you should do mrs wheeler wednesdays and like have it be every wednesday so i think i don't I think I started off once a month or once every two weeks. And um, right off the bat, I realized it was a shit ton of work it <laughs> because is. I was I was researching the history and then I was I was doing it. I've been doing it all myself. So then I was recording it myself, which it's hard to that's hard to do. And then I was editing it and I'm not making any income off of it. And I'm not yeah. like, you know, it, it was like exactly what you said. It was the long play. So I would talk to my husband about it and I think he was like, so why are you spending so much time on this again? And I'm like, it's, it's like the long play. And, um, so, so yeah, I don't know that I saw any difference in like my clients or my business. Um, but since then, do you have a, do you have a form where it's like, how did you hear about us? It's like podcasting reference, Facebook ad, Mrs. Wheeler, (laughs) Mrs. Wheeler. Uh, here's her affiliate affiliate link that she sent. Yeah, but ha- I have do you have had- my website. You can email Mrs. Wheeler if there's like a drop down option, like who That's do you want to really ma- cool. contact. That's very cool. Yeah. Have you had clients say like, "Oh my gosh, I just really lo-. like"? Have you had any clients that actually ended up paying you that were like, "You know what? I landed on your site, and then when I saw Mrs. Wheeler, I was like, I love this girl." Not no one has said that specifically. I think like the client experience to get to people is so unique. Like a lot of times they get like a reference and then they'll look at my website and then they'll look at my Instagram, but they don't necessarily follow me. So they just like look at the first like nine squares. Okay. And well, like, then, oh, I'm yeah, your, I'm then I'm your first client telling you explicitly cause I've hired you to do <laughs> stuff and I'm telling okay, you, okay, there you go. I'm telling you when I saw the Mrs. Like I, I, I'll be completely honest. When I, when I first came across at some point, your graphic design work and your Instagram, I was like, okay, this is good. Like, this is like, this is solid. Like, she's like a certain level in my head. Right. But when the Mrs. Wheeler stuff went out, I I just was like, I want to be friends with this person. Like, like I, like I, it, you shifted in my brain as like someone worth reaching out to. And like, I want to work with this person. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, you have, because, because you have the professional side, you had like the, 
you know, very like the chops with graphic design, but that little like impulse to be creative and think outside the box to me, I was like, I want to work with someone that's willing to, to make a bold choice like that Mm -hmm. and has this personality side and is going to try it. And, um, if I had to pick a bunch of different people that all look the same on Instagram, but then one had that kind of risky thing, it's just a little extra, you know, panache that, that you have going for you. A little chutzpah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, I think that people definitely, it's, it's funny, I don't think people know how to talk to me about Mrs. Wheeler, because the very first post or video, some the very first comment, I remember I commented, and then I was like, wait a second, she's kind of talking to Mrs. Wheeler. So I deleted it and immediately responded as Mrs. Wheeler. So yeah. from the from the very first comment, very beginning, she is like a separate person, and like people will talk to me like she's a third person in the room. So I think that it, people don't necessarily come out and say like, "I like how you're Mrs. Wheeler." Like they won't. I don't hear that. <laughs> people will say, "Oh, Mrs. Wheeler is so awesome," and then I always and then I just lean into it, and I'm like, "Oh, I'll have to let her know that you said that. That was so kind. She'll <laughs> love it." She'll love that you said that because like it just like kind of keeps that persona it's alive. So and fun. So- it's, it's so fun. It's <laughs> such a it's such a I really I hope that in another year we're talking about how that just has has really impacted your business in a really powerful way. And, and it might not even be necessarily monetarily. It just might be mm. that your clients and you have this higher happiness of, of the whole process just because there's like this added whimsy to the whole, to the whole, like we were talking about the client process. There's this whimsy of like, you know, at a certain point an email comes in from Mrs. Wheeler, like, we're so glad you joined the team, you know, or whatever, like, (laughs) like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've been keeping you for a while here. Um, what are some kind of last minute, I don't know. What are some words of wisdom for people that are thinking about or are in the process of making this transition to full time? Um, what would you tell people? Yeah. What what would, what would be the things you'd tell people just to kind of encourage them maybe? Um, Um, let's see. I think that if I've, what I've heard a lot from people that have made the shift is they, a lot of times it's, I was unhappy in my job and like it was time. And I think that that's kind of unfortunate. Like we shouldn't be doing what we want to do and what we can succeed in because we're unhappy. Like, yes, that might be a sign and it's what happened to me, but I feel like I, I then it just changed the whole mentality of, of why I was doing what I was doing. Like it felt like, Oh, I guess I'll do it now. So I feel like if you're unhappy in your job, like, and you're thinking about going full time, like, don't wait, like do it. Like just make, make that it's not going to change. You know, it never gets better once you've like kind of have your mindset in that way. So yeah, like I will always push people to like, if you have the skill and you have the like um, capability and you have the passion, like if you have those things, then I'm going to like, for sure be like, you should make this happen. Um, Cause we all fake it till we make it. Like we're all figuring it out. Um, yeah. And then I would say like, just like talk to people. That was one thing that helped me a lot was I just reached out to a ton of designers that I followed on Instagram and just started asking quite like specific questions and um, 
like even with pricing, like, hey, I don't know what to price. Can can you help me with this? Or, hey, I'm working on this project. Am I allowed to use this font? I just like started asking random people questions. And like, that's easier for me. Like some people like that's really hard for them to do, but I encourage people to like, if you have a community, it's going to be easier to, to leave your job and like be a part of that community yeah. full time. So um, actually I have like a, download thing on my website that's like a checklist of what is it called i should do this really good really good at my own sales it's like um growing your creative community and it's a checklist of like 30 things that you can do to help you like if you're working by yourself or going to be working for yourself where you can grow a community because i think that that's where you're you're going to get all your resources and you're, you're basically like finding your new coworkers essentially. Yeah. Um, what's, what's your website for people that are just listening? It's Jamie Wheeler. Designs.com. Designs. There we go. For those listening and for me typing it in my computer right now. <laughs> and it's called. Uh, I think it's oh, under resources. We're going to find it. We're going to find it. I love your new website design. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that I really was a pain like it. in the butt. Whew. It Designing seemed like a big project. Is the hardest thing. I also love that you got someone. Didn't you say you got a friend to come in and just kind of like um, photograph you in your space? Yeah. So a lot of my photos are from that. Although it's been over a year now, and I really should get them retaken, but yeah, you know, COVID or whatever, or just laziness. <laughs> uh, I had a friend who said. I had a friend who said the rule is the rule is five years or 10 pounds <laughs> every, Wait. every five, every five years or 10 pound difference. You should take a new profile picture. Wow. That's a big, I mean, it was a very, I was like, wow. Yeah. Cause that is like, if someone asked me like, in what period of a time? In what period of time do you think you would fluctuate ten pounds? I would hope it would be like five years. Unless it's twenty twenty and you've been living in your house eating like Doritos for eight months straight. Oh my gosh! That, I look like a ch- let's be honest. That's why I don't want my picture taken. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh! I look I look like a chunk monster in all of the podcasts. Like uh, like it's it's the this has been the only year that I've regretted having video on the podcast. Oh, uh, been like, I mean, oh man, I look like, I look like I've been taking it hard. <laughs> I I have enjoyed the like waist up because I think I've worn jeans like three times. <laughs> That's like, the benefit of being like working for yourself. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Although, yeah, for sure, <laughs> can get uh, lazy quick. One question I forgot to ask you because I'm kind of I'm kind of bracing for this uh myself but what was what was what did you do in maybe the lowest point of that like was there a was there a low point was there like a as you were making that transition did you start questioning you Mm. know two months in three months in like maybe this isn't going to work out maybe i'm gonna have to go back to a regular job was there like a low point where where you for for some reason something triggered that that kind of insecurity of did i make the right decision um i think because my situation was unique in that I like decided in January and it didn't happen till June. I think that if I had had those feelings, it was, it, they just got mixed in with everything else. Um, 
I think maybe after I left, it was more of like, oh my gosh, can I do this? I did not have any like, um, so since I worked for a school, I was like kind of dreading the start of the school year for when I, um, for when I wasn't teaching anymore. Cause I was like, this is when it's going to hit. Like this is when I'm going to, and I live across the street from the high school I worked at. So the, mm. the students drive by my house to get to the school. So I was like that first day of school, I'm going to see all the kids driving by and like, it's going to be so hard not to be there. And that day came and went and I did not feel a thing. <laughs> I like great. felt bad that I didn't feel bad. Uh, but I yeah. think it just like solidified that I made the right decision. And um, also to like mental health, physical health, like I was able to do things like take time off or like take a lighter load that I would have would have stressed me out and made things a bajillion times worse if I was having to like use time off and like deal with the schedule that was with another place. So um, for those reasons, I feel like I was like, okay, I, I can't imagine if I wasn't doing this. So yeah, that's awesome. I know that's like kind of specific to me, but that, no, that's a great, that's a, that's great. That's great insight into that whole process. Well, are there any things you want to plug? I know you have a really fantastic course coming out or that has yeah. already came out or will come huh. out twice. <laughs> kind of like a weird son that, you know, the son you have who kind of goes away to Broadway and then comes out twice. <laughs> I don't know how that, that probably doesn't make sense, but <laughs> anyways. Um, well, so let's see, this is, this video is going to be out when, uh, when do you want it out? I think I told Anna the 20, not the, the 20, what the Monday, the 21st. Okay, she said Monday. Good. Okay. Yeah. I, we normally release them on Mondays. So yeah. 21st, 21st. We can make that happen. Yeah. Okay. So if this is on, hi, you're watching this on September, Monday, September 21st. I am currently of, as of that date, um, enrollment is open for my very first course it is a it is called become the coming a hold on <laughs> really good sales pitch here uh yeah. the becoming a better designer course and it is for people that are self-taught designers people that have not been been to design school ever or maybe in a long time it's for people that run their own businesses or work for PR and like wear a lot of hats. And so they need to do design, but they've never really been educated in it. So it's a six week, six module course. And we're gonna cover everything from like design basics, design history, and through like, we're gonna talk about pricing. We're gonna talk about um, like going through the specifics of Adobe programs um, and a lot more. So the enrollment for it is only open for one week so it starts september nice, 28th nice. so um if you're watching this and you're interested you can go to becoming a better designer.com and read more about it and get your um enroll this week because it won't happen again till 2021 depending on how it goes <laughs> if i get too burnt out it might be a while but um yeah so i love that I, I love that that angle of because i'm sure there's so many people 
I mean, I think there are some people that listen to the show, but I'm sure there are people out there who have been self-taught. And I think your experience and knowledge in all these different capacities, teaching others, in a, I mean, in a professional capacity, it's not like, you know, just some Joe Schmo that starts a course like me. Like you have experience teaching, um, teaching graphic design, and then also the background of, because I went to school for graphic design, right? Yeah, so I have my bachelor's degree in design, and I actually yeah. didn't realize that yeah. there's, it wasn't until it was, I was in that course I was telling you about, and they asked, like, how many of you are are self-taught? And, like, 75% of the group was self-taught. And these are people that own design businesses. And I was like, really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, so it kind of sparked this idea for me. of, And I, like, wanted to keep teaching. Like, I, I like, these are things that I already taught. These are things that I learned in, in four years of design school. So I was like, if and also there's so many there's so many courses out right now there's it's like saturated market but what i've noticed noticed is it's all about your business like look at my process and learn how to do branding and i was like this is all great but no one's talking about design skill like you can set your business up to be amazing but if you don't have the skill to be a designer then like they kind of go hand in hand and if no one's really talking about the skill and in that portion of it, then like, I just felt like there was something missing in the market for that. So, um, there, there are so many things as someone who's self-taught, there's so many things where, uh, there, uh, people that are self-taught and this is perfect for this episode because people that have been doing maybe a little bit of client services on the side and are thinking about now transitioning to full time, they already can feel when they're in Photoshop or they're in Final Cut, they're somewhere, and there's this like little bit of friction where they go, there's this one part of this whole program that I don't really understand, and I don't know why it works. I just know that I can press these buttons and it works. And I think that extra 20 or 30% from your, from that, those are the times where I go, I wish I would have went to school and someone taught me from ground mm. zero, like just would have just, even if it was just uh, not four years, but just like, I need to take a course where someone who really knows how to approach all this stuff can just like walk me through it because, um, you might think, well, I kind of know enough, but I'm telling, I, I bet in your course, there's going to be some of those 20, 30%. And that's what, when you're transitioning from part-time to full-time is so important to really like, like hit those little things so that you're, you're just kind of more lock solid in your process and how you how you, how you design. Yeah, totally. I think that that's, I know at one time we talked and you're like, I, people that went to design school just have like this thing. Like, I don't know what it is, but I know I'm missing it. And like, I could tell you got it. And I was like, cool. That makes me sound like rad, but I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, but that's awesome. <laughs> but it that also yeah. was like, okay, you know, like there is, I think that nowadays people can learn so much from YouTube and like, I see on forums all the time, like, should I go to design school? And there's just these debates of don't waste your money or yes, you should. And so um, I feel like taking what I learned from four years of design school and like boiling it down to six weeks might be good for those people that are like in that in between because going, getting a degree is still really freaking expensive. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and, and like, but also it's also really draining to just go on YouTube every time you need to do like a small thing in illustrator and you're like, Ugh. 
and you, you got to hunt on YouTube. So like my hope is for those people to like just save them some time so they can like get better quicker. And I just like hanging yeah, out with other sure. creative people that want to talk about design. So it's going to be me yeah. and Mrs. Wheeler teaching. Um, mostly me, but I allowed her to be in it a little bit. So um, that will That's also great. give it a unique uh, experience versus other courses that are out there. So. Yeah, it gives an opportunity for there to be a little bit of like surprise and delight in there, you know, instead of just yes, like it being all serious and professional. Maybe I'll yeah. add that to my uh, sales page. Surprise and delight. All right, I'll I'll send you an invoice. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Jamie. Um, I really think, especially during this time with COVID, that this is this is really helpful for a lot of people and I encourage people to go check out your course, check out Jamie on Instagram, especially all the Mrs. Wheeler action going on there. Um, and, and be sure to comment on her Instagram. ask me questions too. Like if anybody is like, I'd like to ask Jamie about this, that, or the other thing. Like I love, like if you message me, I'll always eventually message you back and like try to start a conversation. And I'm not just like a cool, like, <laughs> I'm guilty of doing that. But if people ask good questions, I mean, that, that's yeah. what I was going to say earlier. If people yeah. ask like a good specific question and you know, they're, they're good at following advice and they're not just like, I don't know what to do. Um, that can be really, that it's way easier to answer those questions. I'm sure you're that yeah. way too, where it's like, it's fun to answer that kind of question. Yes. So message me, but be specific or else I'll say cool. Yeah. Or block you. <laughs> Like you'll block them. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Jamie. We're going to end this episode. You can visit uh, the pa uh, patreon.com slash the show, which I think soon will be changed to patreon.com slash the studio. But you can um, sign up there and learn about all of our really exciting um, projects that are coming out soon and collaborations and fun stuff that you can yeah. drink that might be coming out. Um, Ooh, so anyways, yeah. thanks so much. Right, right. By then, there's gonna be there's gonna be some action going on. So, anyways, uh, thanks so much, everyone. Thanks, mom, for watching. Talk, 